Today's podcast is brought to you by Sony XM3's industry-leading noise-canceling headphones. Less noise, more creating. Guys, these headphones are absolutely incredible. I've been using them for about three years now since the XM2s. And these headphones are seriously a game changer. No matter where you go, you are in 100% complete control of your environment. You can transform them with the click of a button. Noise canceling on. Ah, I love it when she says that. Anywho, these headphones have 30 hours of battery life. The party never stops. Find your creative flow with the Sony XM3s. What is going on, world? And welcome to another episode of the Art of Visuals podcast. My name is Prince, and I am your host. Today's guest is a Buffalo-based travel fanatic, photographer, and entrepreneur, my favorite kind of creator, Mr. Brett Blakely. Welcome to the show, my man. Yo, that's a tongue twister of a name. Trust me, Brett Blakely, it's like, it's tough, but... Man, this is a dream come true, to be honest. I, I, I've i been messing with you for a long time, so this is awesome. Thank you. Let's go, brother. Why don't you start us off by giving the uh, AOV community a little bit more background on yourself? Yeah, so I grew up in uh, Buffalo, New York, and for a lot of people that aren't from New York, they assume Buffalo is right next to New York City. But it's actually doper than that because we are 20 minutes from Niagara Falls, which is a wonder of the world. So, you know, you got that. Um we're also uh, a town of just incredibly authentic, hardworking people uh, with a, you know, never can die spirit. And uh, I think it's kind of filtered uh, into everything that I do in life. So uh, I could not be more proud to be part of Buffalo. And the entrepreneur part is, yeah, I started a golf ball company, which is, you know, weird and random as shit. But that happened eight years ago. And, you know, we're still kicking it. So it's it's been a good ride. How did you get into photography in the first place? So photography is something that I always loved, like really loved just because I think my brain is wired for creative a need for creative outlets. Um in high school I remember taking a photography class and you know going in the dark room and doing all that stuff, but uh, I'd actually get made fun of because <laughs> by my friends. So it was it was, you know, friendly teasing, but I'd take buddies on spring break and I'd be out at sunset, you know, I'd pull up a beach chair in the water and I'd literally with a disposable camera, take a picture of the sunset every single minute for the entire hour of the sunset. And they're like, why is it one enough? I'm like, no, cause it changes every second. Like the, the light changes, uh, <laughs> a bird flew across the screen. There was a boat in the background. Um, you, you probably didn't even realize it then, but you were, you were, you were doing your own time-lapse. I, I, <laughs> oh my God, I gotta, I gotta bust those back you out now. Probably like flip digitally. Book, you could probably flip book through them like a little cartoon if you just hold them all stacked <laughs> in and just. <laughs> oh my, you know what, Prince? That's that's a great idea. Not only am I gonna do that, but I'm gonna sell it and I'm gonna give you a cut. Guarantee you'll make like five cents every month. I guarantee it. But, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. So I always loved it, and then kind of what happened was, you know, I never got into it seriously though like i always had just either a disposable camera or then i got a good camera but i had a kit lens and then a couple years ago with uh with my beautiful wonderful girlfriend her sister and and husband live in rwanda they met in the peace corps so our first big trip together was to rwanda and i took my sony a6 300 i took my little kit lens 
Uh, we did a safari. We did everything. And I took some cool pictures, but which I thought at the time were like epic, right? But they weren't. You know, they, they were cool, but they were just average shots. But when I got back, I'm like, oh, my God, I, I wish I had known what I was doing. I wish I wasn't on auto settings. I wish I had had better lenses. And uh, my buddy, Adam Danny, who you've had on the podcast, he was he got into his journey like a year, year and a half before me. And he knew that I was starting to really feel it because I had met him through a, an employee of mine. And he said, hey, I'm, I'm going to Yosemite in November. And so I got back from Rwanda in August. So I spent the next three months saving up money, buying a 16 millimeter F1.4, buying a a 24 to 70, and basically spending a couple hours every day after work watching YouTube videos and uh, taking a couple online courses on like everything that was possible, how to do long exposure, how to do astrophotography, how to, you know, understanding ISO and aperture and color theory. Mm. And I just thought it was so fascinating. It just kind of spurred this whole thing. So when we went, it was the first time I ever got to put that learning into practice. And I mean, every trip that I've done has been a learning experience. And it's been about 14 months. And the journey's just been nuts. I mean, not only just from obviously like the Instagram has been cool and it's been a great platform, but being involved with the community and getting advice and how to get better and then learning more and more in between every trip has been nuts. And like, it's just been an insane experience and such a freeing creative outlet. That's also incentive to go out and see every part of the world that I can to do things that put me out of my comfort zone. I think I've grown more in the last 14 months than I had the first 36 and a half years. Dude, I love I love hearing that. And and would you mind sharing and maybe going a little bit deeper as far as in what ways you've grown more in the last 14 months than you have in the last six years? Yeah, I mean, even even from a travel aspect, you know, I I had traveled a bunch as a as a kid with my parents. My dad was a serial entrepreneur. We went to Japan. We went to Scotland. We did a bunch of stuff. And then um, after college, my graduation present was to go visit my buddy who was doing a semester abroad in Italy. Um, I dated a girl who was from Paris, uh, and we dated for a couple of years. So I got to bounce around a bunch of you know countries and places by France, and it just kept opening my eyes. But then I started my company uh, when I was 30 years old, and I mean, you can understand as an entrepreneur, like you have to put everything in it or else it's going to be another one of the it's it's either going to be one of the first failures that, you know, guides you to success or it's going to be something else. And for me, it was I'm not going to let this fail. I got to put all my effort into it. And I did not go abroad for seven years and I had no idea how much I missed it and how. I felt like, cause I didn't give myself a raise for five, you know? So mm-hmm. like I was making dog bleep money uh, because <laughs> yeah, because every bit of money has to go back into the company. And I felt like, ah, oh, you know, I just can't really afford a trip right now. What I've realized is that I still don't pay myself very much, but I, I put a priority on experiences and growth over financial security, whether that's a good thing or not that's the path that I've chosen. And I've, I've realized that 
what I experienced, what I learned from, you know, going on these trips and having these moments with my buddy and just making a commitment to new experiences is what develops me. You know, I, I grew up with a high school group of friends. I went to a private school and it was funny because I was, you know, I was always kind of popular with everybody. I played every sport. I played sport every season, but my group of friends in a private school were not a bunch of other white kids. <laughs> it was my whole group of friends. You could, it was pretty much knocked off at every nationality you could imagine. I mean, there was, there's Mexican, there's Egyptian, there's African American, there just everything you could possibly imagine. And I love that. And my family always, I think really, I think that's one of the things that they would tell you they're most proud of about me is that I've always been empathetic and sympathetic to, you know, not being a, a privileged white guy. Uh, so to experience other cultures, you know, where you're the minority and the, the shoes on the other foot is eye opening. It's beautiful. And your connection when you meet those people is something that's way more hard hitting because, you know, you're, you're a million miles from home. You're not, a block away or a 10 minute, you know, drive from your parents because you need them to bail you out or something. So I think the way I've grown is just, it's helped with like the, the independence, but it's also really shaped what I want the next 35, 40, 50 years to look like for me. Like what I, what I know I'm going to, uh, on my deathbed, I'm going to be like, I, I lived a happy life. Right. Dude, I freaking, I love that, man. Let me ask, let me ask you this. So you founded, you're the co-founder of this amazing, fast-growing golf company, and it sounds like the photography and travel <laughs> bug has, has re-hit you in the last year and a half. What's the, I guess, what, what is the goal with everything you're doing and the direction you're heading it in? Do you feel more alive, you know, now that you're getting outdoors again and, and, and doing these things that you love to do? Uh, I, I mean, I literally feel more alive than I ever have felt. And it's, it's because of kind of a trifecta of Encore finally obtaining a predictable and ever-growing level of success, which is what I've always hoped for it. So that's providing some stability and security that, you know, for the first six, seven years wasn't there because everything is just like you're still pushing. We're still grinding. Don't get me wrong. But it's at a point where it's like, all right, we st we're starting to see the light. Like we've been pushing a, a boulder uphill for so long and we're, we're finally like we've got two pushes left. And then it's, you know, we're about to roll that thing downhill and just everybody better get out of the way. So like having that stability and security feels good. Um, having, you know, obviously uh, a woman in my life. Susie, her name is, we won't, we won't give last names, but, <laughs> uh, who makes me laugh, who, you know, is my counterpart, who supports both what I'm doing with Encore Golf and what I'm doing with photography is a beautiful thing. Her family's incredible. My family loves her. So that's the second aspect. And with, with the travel and the photography, like I had no idea how much of a passion this was going to grow into. And I mean, it, it is a full blown obsession, you know, it's, it's uh, borderline <laughs> psychotic, but I feel like it's a it's a healthy mental illness to have because uh, I can't imagine having my energy put into something that creates more rewarding <clears throat> experiences and benefits from it than getting out there traveling, 
And more importantly, as you've always talked about is, you know, those moments on those trips that are in between the photos that are the photos that you got that weren't the shot that you went for that are the new thing that you learned or got better at, like all of those things just make for it's bliss, man. I like, I can't even over, I, I, I don't know. I can't even overstate it. It's, it's just pure bliss. So all those things working in tandem, uh, make me definitely for probably the happiest I've been. I'm 38 years old. So I'm a, I'm a grandpa. I'm probably one of your older guests, but, um, you know, I, I got a baby face, so I keep that, <laughs> keep that going. <laughs> Did say it's good looking, but it's a baby face. I got the, you know, got the little, the young look until you see the lights on with the crow's feet. <laughs> so <stupid>. <laughs> <laughs> um, dude, so your photography, how would you, how would you go about describing, uh, your photography to the community? Uh, it's in the state of evolving. It's in the, it's in the, if people look at my page, they will see the exact point that I started to take it seriously and the exact excitement about every different thing that I could do right now. It's, you know, uh, my latest series, if you will, my last 30 photos or whatever from Yosemite where, you know, on this last trip, I got a lot more comfortable with editing. I got, um, I finally started to develop like something that I felt was my style. Uh, it's moody as F, you know, like I, I'm, I'm digging that stuff. That doesn't mean I'll dig it tomorrow. Uh, and for me, it's like, it's been responded to. I mean, I had, I had 700 followers after Rwanda. I've got, you know, 11.6 now. So it's people are responding to it, which is great, but I am nowhere near where I want to be. I mean, there are so many things I still have to learn. I still watch YouTube videos. I still go on and, and do work. I still feel like, and, and not to just like keep shouting out Adam, but you know, doing all these trips with him, having him be a guy who like had already been a couple years advanced for me. Mm-hmm. I've learned so much about hunting for composition and going to, you know, I see something sick and I'm, I'm looking at all the frontal shots that I can get. And he goes behind a barn to catch the neck and the, and the head of a horse, you know, from the total opposite angle where I'm like, I would be like, wait, you're not going to get the whole body of the horse. And he's like, yeah, but look how sick that looks with a red barn cutting off half the frame. And then you got the neck and the head out. I mean, that's the type of thinking that he's helping me evolve into. And I just really enjoy kind of putting, um, I've always been super emotional. So I feel like having uh, really... Right now, people might be like, hey, it's, it's too much mood. It's over-exaggerated or whatever, but I love it. And to me, it's like part of photography is not just uh, the image you take, but creating something unique um, that resonates with, with somebody else. And right now, it's moody. Uh, but my whole focus is, as far as like continuing the style growth is just to uh, – I think my weakest point is – you know, I don't know Jack on Photoshop. I mean, I really don't like, I can do a clone brush mediocre, <laughs> right. um, you know, Lightroom. I finally am, am really understanding sliders and all that kind of stuff. So what I want to really, uh, get better at is like just creating, um, a pathway, uh, for, you know, people's eyes to be drawn to exactly what I want to see and, uh, just getting better and better with the composition and, and creating shots that, 
uh, are just a different take than what you might see from somebody else. Dude, I dig that. And I think there's lots of ways to develop your style and, and whether that be, you know, developing your Photoshop skills, developing your pre-production skills, better planning, you know, checking weather. There's so many different ways uh, to go about it. But nonetheless, the, the journey is all about, you know, just personal growth. And I love how you bring up Adam. You know, you brought up Adam a few times already. And I think it's awesome to be able to have friends to get out and, and, and travel and shoot with and grow with. And I'm just curious, like, what have you learned from just like having a pal to go out and do all these adventures and, and things with like, what have you learned about yourself by having Adam around? Um, you know, for one, it's, uh, we've done a lot of trips where there have been experiences that require us to get out of our comfort zone. Um, so I think that having somebody by your side who like him, <laughs> we're both like terrified of heights. So it's really funny. We'll be in sketchy situations and, uh, he's going to hate me for this. He sweats profusely when he gets nervous. So <laughs> he'll be like, he'll just be like, dude, I'm soaked right now. And I'll be laughing my ass off. But that, that laughing will actually get me kind of more comfortable in the whole situation. But it's also about how much, uh, how much a part of the connection that the addiction to this art and to this passion is, um, I think it's beautiful to, to travel by yourself. And, and those are, things that I have on my goal list, you know, to do a trip where it's, it's just me. Um, but I think a huge thing that I enjoy so much is looking forward to the nights after the shoot, the beers we go have, you know, the dinner, whatever, uh, having somebody else to be as miserable as you that you're getting up at four 30 in the morning for an hour and a half drive to get there while it's still dark and you can catch the first touch of sun sunlight. Uh, but also having somebody like him who's so freaking talented, uh, to be able to guide me and help me with even simple, basic things sometimes where I'm like, dude, I, I don't get what's going on right now. He's like, Oh, you know, you just had this button off or whatever. I'm like, man, I'm an idiot, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And those are some of the laughs, like, you know, he'll tease me about it. But, um, he always says, he's like, man, the, the amount that you've grown in a year, I'm like, well, dude, you're, you know, you're Mr. Miyagi. I'm, I'm waxing on and waxing off right now. <laughs> That sounded really bad, by the no, way. No, so no. we're just gonna. But you know what I'm talking <laughs> yeah. about, dude. I I love it, man. There's I, I, there's there's no better way I think to 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 enjoy life than and then with friends, you know. Um, yeah. Outside of that, uh, sorry, my dog, my German Shepherd never barks, and so I was just. That's no, like, right, man. I'm a dog lover. He's cool. Yeah, I'm like she's cool. Someone at the door. <laughs> what drives your passion? in photography doing stuff that i know a lot of people either will never do because they're too afraid or maybe don't have the means to do or um don't have the interest in doing and i like kind of trying to motivate people to go and do those things because i feel like so many people stay complacent and get into such a routine like our country and the way you know work is set up like you're you're just built to, you're, you're taught to just work, work, work. And Hey, if you got a little free time, whatever, do whatever you want. And for me, it's like, no, I want, I like creating imagery or trying to anyway that like, I can't tell you the most beneficial thing that's happened over this past year is the amount of people that will, you know, either message me and be like, dude, you're my inspiration or how'd you do this? Or what do you recommend? You know, 
I, I wrote a guy literally probably a page long text when he asked for um, recommendations on camera. He's a new photographer, this and that. I wrote him back and he's like, you know that I've messaged about 20 photographers and you're the first one that not only wrote back, but you gave me pretty much an essay. <laughs> and, and I, what I love about that, like that's, I'm not trying to toot a horn or anything. I enjoyed kind of giving the message and the advice and everything that I've learned just over a short period of time. And then they're like, I got a message from one the other day and he's like, yo, I'm, I'm booking a trip, you know, out to, uh, Oregon. And I'm like, that's awesome. He's like, you know, I've, I've never left my state. He goes, but I saw your stuff. And then, you know, we chatted I'm like, that's awesome. Like I want other people to understand how life changing a simple experience as being out somewhere that maybe less than 1% of the world will ever see, you know, I mean, even the heaviest touristy places like Iceland, the percentage, the overall percentage of people that will go to Iceland, even though there are probably millions that go every year is still staggeringly low. Right. I never so thought about like, it that way. That's a great yeah. way to, to really look at it. You forget, yeah, you it's easy to, to forget about that, you know? Yeah, and you can pick like easy places to go on your vacation, but why not pick a place that's going to offer an experience or that's going to offer a different culture mm. or offer a different, you know, uh, any type of thing that will kind of open your eyes and shed shed some light on things that you may be completely unfamiliar with, but then you're more educated and more well-rounded as a person because then when, when a conversation comes up about Hey, did you hear what's happened in Rwanda? Oh, I bet it's uh, shitty there. Actually, you know what? It's probably the most beautiful place that I've ever been. And the people were the most incredible place. And by the way, have you heard the story of the genocide? Because you might want to learn about it because that thing can happen here. That was not because they were born with a gene that made them hate each other. It was because of, you know, mass marketing and this and that. It's like there's so many elements you could take your growth as a person and, and what you could learn and apply it to make where you live a better place. Bro. I love that. Um, you definitely just dropped a, a lot of knowledge there. I'm, I'm curious when, when you're out and, 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 and traveling, what do you think the biggest takeaway for you's been, you know, the biggest takeaway as far as being able to see the world and see all these places, you know, through these, these very special opportunities that you have, what's been the largest single takeaway? That it's worth it. Uh, that the money it costs that, uh, you know, the precious free time that you may have, you know, allocated for your, uh, your vacation from your job, that it's meant to be spent somewhere that will develop you because when you get back, you're going to have to expect to get right back into a routine and to, uh, an avenue of sameness and you can fall victim very quickly to, um, complacency and it's lazy to not want to grow. It's easy to not want to go. But if you're able to, uh, make a commitment to yourself, to, you know, do whatever it is, go some, again, go someplace different. I think the biggest, the biggest thing I've learned is that every single time it'll be worth it. I've never regretted spending money. I really don't have or time that I could be doing something else with 
traveling with a buddy or a girlfriend or family uh, and having a new experience every single time it's worth it. Do, do you ever feel like photography uh, is almost kind of like a, a game kind of like it tunes you into to the game of life when you're, when you're out traveling with your, with Adam and doing your thing? Uh, yes and no. It is in the sense of it's a, it's a motivator for those excursions and for those adventures and those experiences. But I feel like there's also a lot of people, you know, that only do it because they can't wait to get the bangers, you know, (laughs) they can't wait to get, they can't wait to see how many likes they get. And don't get me wrong. We're all human. Everybody gets an endorphin pump when you see, you know, 100, 200, 300 likes, like, sure, that's, you can't even help that. That is subconscious. But if that's your reasoning for going out, you're doing it for the wrong reasons and you are missing out on a boatload of the benefit that would have come from it. You went out there for one purpose and that was to grow your social status and that was to grow how others perceive you. But if you go out there to grow your internal status and and to grow as a person and to walk away, you know, a better human, but also have the added benefit of like, man, I came away with some imagery that I'm going to hang in my house or somebody's going to buy for me or is going to get me to the next level of, of, you know, doing photography full time. Well, that's, that should all be wrapped into, wrapped into one. Those should all be part of your goals. But, you know, that's, that's where I was talking to you prior to the podcast about like Adam and I are trying to really take this thing to the next level. And I think where we're both willing to be, he talked about mental health, which is huge and important. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, depression and everything. Um, uh, and it's like, you, you can't be scared to talk about that stuff. And I feel like that's something that both he and I are, are willing to, to open up to the world and not just have like the dopest, you know, most like photo brushed, sh- uh, shot of us on, on whatever, have like the most well-lit YouTube channel, like none of that. We want to, we want to offer a different venue for people to attend, like something that, that is like kind of built and bred in authenticity because I think that's way more relatable. And I feel like even the people that may put on the biggest front and, and act like they're the most confident probably have the most to relate to, to, you know, people that are willing to kind of like show, show what they're, uh, they might be vulnerable about or might be insecure about. For sure. So speaking about vulnerability and insecurities, like what are some vulnerabilities or adversity that you've faced in your life that you'd be willing to share with us today? Yeah. So, uh, you know, when I was, when I was born and by the way, this is cool for me, I, you know, I mentioned to you again, prior to this podcast, just like, this is going to be the first time I actually publicly spoke about it. But uh, for me, it's cool because I was born with uh, a deformity called co- congenital my- microtia. So essentially, just imagine that my left ear was born with nothing but uh, kind of rolled up co- uh, cartilage, looked like a sausage, right? So looks like a. I had. If you guys have ever seen a like a sausage, ear, right? Yeah, yeah. Like a, like well, a, now a lot of people now think it does. MMA fighter. Oh, now it does. Right. Yeah. So I had a bunch of surgeries when I was. I had like six surgeries by the time I was. In first grade, I've had probably 10 over my life. And they basically took a, uh, a bone, took one of my ribs, shaped it into an ear, 
took a skin graft from my ass, so I'm a butthead, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, and and that's how they created this ear, and this is back in the 80s. And uh, so I remember in first grade, we had a, we had a show and tell um, type thing where you could do whatever, and I actually asked my uh, parents to come in, and because I was not brave enough to tell the class about about that. And so they explained what it was and I had all these surgeries and now, yeah, it does. Like it looks like an MMA or like every once in a while I'll be in the airport and a dude will see me and he'll be like, Oh, are you a wrestler? And I'll be like, Oh no, man. I just had a bunch of surgeries on my ear, you know, like when I was a kid and I'm, I'm like, man, I should definitely tell him I'm an MMA fighter or something cool like that. Like that's a way cooler story, but I'm not ashamed of it at all. And to be honest, like I developed a personality and an outgoing nature, and I think a sense of empathy and sympathy from a very early age. I think that's part of the reason I had groups of friends that were so diverse and everything, because I was so concerned with making sure that whoever I met liked me so much that whenever I stopped hiding what I was insecure about, they would still like me. And that has been a lifelong process. I mean, I, I've always... You know, I've had pretty girlfriends. I've always been popular, like, but I also have always done it. Every girl that I dated for a long time, like, I would literally make sure I sat to one side of the table uh, in class. I would, you know, lean on my left hand. Um, and now I just make jokes about it. But, you know, that that was a, a whole growth process of, like, self-acceptance and, and coming to realize after I made more and more friends that nobody gives a damn about that stuff. And I always used it as a barometer. Like when I wasn't experienced enough in dating and everything, I was like, you know what? This is a good thing because if a girl ever found, finds out and she's like, Oh, I can't do that. You know, you're not perfect. Well, that's a, that's a hell of a barometer. Be like, bye Felicia. Um, (laughs) so that was, that was kind of how I always viewed it. But then as time went on, the girls that I would date, I would tell them earlier and earlier on. And some would be like, yeah, I already knew, didn't care or never knew, uh, looks normal to me. And why would you think that I care? Like what kind of person do you think I am? But even with, uh, with encore, when I started encore, we started having a lot of media. I went on CNBC, uh, for the, I've been on that a few times, but I remember the first time asking our PR people, Hey, I don't mean to sound like a diva, but is there any way, like this is give me my first time on national television. Is there any way that they can put me on the stage so that the camera is shooting my right side and not my left? And I remember them being like, ah, that's completely out of our control. And I think the stage is set up for the other way. And so that was like the first time where I was like, man, you know, I don't have a choice in this, but I also cannot come on this television show and be timid and insecure. Like I'm selling a product. I'm selling a dream for golf. Mm-hmm. I have to be confident as hell. And after that went through, it was just like, all right, I got this. And that's probably, I think my, my business has been, uh, one of the biggest things that has helped me grow through that. Cause now I, I don't care at all. Like I really don't, I, I love it. I wouldn't change it for anything. And I, I feel like a lot of my friends, even like Facebook friends, people that I know from high school, that might listen to this podcast, it'll be like, damn, I never even knew that. Yeah. Um, but what I don't care is that I, instead of me worrying about if it's going to make them like me less, I feel like it's going to make them like me more. Yep. So I'm proud of it, you know, but that's a, that's a huge thing. That's a huge thing. 
Yeah, dude, I think it's tough. I think a lot of young men and young women all over the country face all types of deep insecurities. I mean, we're, we're marketed to all day long with like perfect and this is perfect and the models they put in front of us and the perfect dudes with the eight pack abs, the perfect hair, the this, the girls. Dude, it's a lot. And you start to, you know, in your eyes, you know, that's what success looks like or, or health looks like or this looks like and it's easy to get caught up and get lost in, in that game. And so it's really cool to hear that you're, you know, trying to leverage your photography platform as a place to, to spread awareness and start conversations around, you know, mental illness and insecurities and, and, and various topics that a lot of people like to shy away from, uh, you know, for whatever reason. Yeah, no, 100 percent. It can it can always be. Um, there are some things that are considered taboo and there are some things that are like internally considered taboo and, you know, you don't want to necessarily bring to the forefront unless you have to. Um, uh, but it's, it's definitely a, a huge part of who I am. Um, it doesn't give me that sense of anxiety or insecurity. And, uh, you know, I have wonderful people in my life because of it, you know, because I always like, I think I, I was magnetically attracted to, uh, people with good hearts and you know, with the right things as priorities, as far as who they led into their life. I love it. I, th I think I always think it's a superpower for anyone that's experienced like strong adversity or insecurity. I feel like that stuff's always honestly an advantage, a disadvantage at the time, but it's normally an advantage at some later point in life when, uh, you know, when it no longer holds you back or when you can take that and transmutate that energy and turn it into something else uh it gives you a lot of firepower you know yeah yep 100 percent uh how do you balance you know f founding a a large golf company and uh your photography um basically by making sure that i take full advantage of every moment of free time that i do have you know the business is to, is to a point where i have uh, a staff and everything that I'm confident in, you know, that doesn't rely on me for everything. I mean, six, seven years of it, Steve, the co-founder and I were, were literally doing every single thing you could imagine. And my father too, he's our chairman. Like I get to work with my dad for the last eight years. It's unbelievably insane. Uh, and we're, you know, I, I love that man more than anything. I love my parents and family more than anything, but it's just been a really unique experience. But, um, you know, I, I just try and make sure again, like where any bit of free time that I have is not going to be wasted because man, I mean, as you see with everyday people that pass away unexpectedly, whether it's Kobe, a celebrity, or whether it's somebody who's not, uh, you're never promised tomorrow. So it's like, you really got to make sure that, uh, everything you do is, is going to be something that you can look back on and be so happy and thankful that, uh, you know, you decided to take that leap. That's the only way to balance it. It's not like I can take six months off or anything, right. but if I have, if I have a week, if I have 10 days, I'm going to make, make full of it. I love it. You know, there's a lot of people working full-time jobs that, you know, make it, make excuses for why they can't get out and, uh, this and that, I think there's always time, right? There's always, there's 24 hours in every day, whether you want to get up two hours early or not is up to you. Uh, but there's always, there's always time. Uh, there's always a, there's a time and a place for the things that you love. 
Yep. And, and I and I think that's super important to focus on that because uh, that's investing in yourself, and it's important to love yourself and invest in yourself and to do the things that you enjoy doing, and not to get too caught up in 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 the rat race of a life we all you know entertain. Hundred percent. And there's something to be said for being slightly selfish, you know. For sure. Um, I'm a I'm a I'm a people pleaser for sure. Like that's one of my probably something I need to get better at. Like I hate disappointing people. I hate saying no. Uh, but sometimes, you know, like my parents probably don't love that I spend every last time that I have on traveling <laughs> and stuff like that. But that's just kind of like the logical part of it. But for me, it's like it's illogical to not do that. I to agree. me, it's like, okay, so I, I am guaranteed that I have, you know, an extra 500 bucks for financial security. Come on, man. That's bullshit. Like, I, I don't care about that. I'd rather, I'd rather be broke and experiencing stuff as at every turn that I can. That's, that's what this life's about. Cause if I, if I pass in 20, 30, 40 years or in 20, 30 or 40 days, like, I want to make sure that I do not have regrets. And, you know, this whole photography journey has been a, it's almost like I'm knocking off things off my bucket list that I never even had on a bucket list because I didn't create a bucket list. <laughs> and and now every trip is knocked off a bucket list because I know whatever I do there is going to be a once in a lifetime. Oh, my goodness. I love that. Um, how, how do you deal with fear? Like you obviously starting starting a company and, you know, dealing with some of the insecurities you had with your ear, like how have you, you know, how do you tackle fear now in your life? Uh, that's been an evolution too. I mean, the way I handled it when I was younger was a lot different than I handled it now. The way I handled it when I was younger is to hide it. Like I said, until, uh, I felt like I projected, um, my best attributes, uh, to a point where, that was the only thing memorable about me and anything that I was insecure about was going to be uh, forgotten because the rest had already been ingrained in the people that I was interacting with. Uh, now, uh, I think it's more take it on full steam. You know, I think that's why I'm better with <clears throat> getting out of my comfort zone. That's why I've talked with Adam and other guys that I want to do trips with and even my girlfriend about doing experiences that like, hey, yeah, it might be a little sketchy, but, <laughs> you know, it could be dangerous, but wouldn't that be cool? Like, <laughs> that's gonna be awesome. Have you once and your it's lady? Over. Have you and your lady had a trip together? Well, Rwanda, South Africa was our big trip. We've taken a bunch of small trips. Okay. Um, we're actually going to uh, South Africa on February fourteenth. Uh, so I'm pretty pumped about that. That'll be, that'll be. Uh, it's it's not a photo trip, but I'm gonna have my camera everywhere yeah. I go. <laughs> um, but that's gonna be another like, just crazy memorable experience which i'm pumped about i'm happy that i get to share with her and her sister and brother-in-law because I, I just adore them how's how has travel uh affected your relationship uh when you guys go out on trips together i think it's does nothing but benefit <clears throat> because for one you have lifelong memories and things that you can look back on like i actually made a video from rwanda and it was all just iPhone footage. I'm not a videographer. Actually, Adam and I are trying to work at that right now um, to create, you know, travel videos. But it was just basic iPhone footage. And but it turned out cool as shit, man. Like I, <laughs> I must have watched that. It was a 10 minute long video. 
10 minutes. I couldn't trim it any shorter. And I would say for two months straight, I would do like a 10 minute real heavy run to warm up when I work out. And every morning I'd throw the headphones on. I would just watch a video because it took me back to such a good place. And her and I right now are, you know, we're a week and a half away from going to freaking Cape Town. And we're just like, oh my God, we're getting so excited because we know how epic it felt to be out there together and how memorable that was. And I know the experiences that we're doing out there like are going to be crazy. So it's just a great way to connect. And then you're not just growing as a couple. You're not just growing as individuals, but you're having life growth and it's a partnership in its most pure form. Like you're growing as people together. So like whatever you learn there, like you can't even forget it because the other person will remember. Right. I dig that. I like that explanation. Um, Earlier you were talking about how you learned a lot about photography and editing on YouTube. I was curious if there was a specific, <laughs> any specific channels or YouTubers that you follow to, to learn from. You know what? You could put me on a spot and right now, maybe it's just cause I'm hyped. I can't even remember, but it, I mean, it was literally, I would just Google, like it start off with like Googling, uh, how color theory works with photography um, how does ISO play into photography? How does aperture like doing each of them kind of bit by bit? Mm -hmm. Then, it, then it went into how to get really unique compositions. Then it got into, you know, how to create a uh, moody edits, <laughs> you know, and stuff like that. But like, uh, a lot of it is just kind of going down the rabbit hole of Googling something simple on YouTube or putting something simple on YouTube and just getting deeper and deeper. And you know how that works. Like, it's crazy. You type something in, the next day you got 20 ads, or YouTube pages filled with 50 suggestions. So you, you just kind of go down a rabbit hole, and it's everything from, like, really boring uh, YouTubers but that are really instructional and awesome to other ones that are just so inspirational but also don't have, like, the meat behind the content. <laughs> and then just figuring out how to, you know, kind of filling in the holes in between, like trying right. to figure out, all right, so how do I get from like this educational base to this like grandiose uh, artistic expression of what I'm going to shoot or video? Um, so it's been a lot, but like th there's just so many photographers, whether they're wildlife photographers or uh, they've got a really simple, simplistic, minimalistic theme or you know, whether they have, uh, uh, just a super, um, you know, moody theme, whatever there's just, I take inspiration from such a variety. I feel like who are some of the guys that inspire you as far as photography goes? Oh man, I've got, oh, I would say guys like Dylan first. Um, Andrew Studer is somebody that I, I found out through your podcast. Like we were in Iceland, I think. And we listened to his podcast and then I started watching his stuff and I've seen the videos he's put on like, man, this guy is so sick. Like there's a lot that he does, um, that I really respect. You know, he did done a, a video, a movie about how he had kind of built his own camper van. I was blown away that he learned how to essentially build a car or build a van Isn't like that, that, <laughs> that dude, that was one of the coolest things. And like, that was such that's such a mammoth 
thing to take on and the fact that he did it and then came out with something as cool as that it's just crazy to me um carl shakur like his stuff is inspirational uh mads peter iverson um but then like i also get it from a lot of the guys that uh you know that i have met through instagram that you know are kind of on the same journey as me you know my buddy mike like we just went out and shot highland cows last week uh, locally, not in Scotland. There was one an hour away in Letchworth, which Letchworth, which is a grand uh, canyon of the east. And he had found this farmer that has him, and like it was the coolest experience. This Saturday, we're going to. Sh- he he met a falconer or a falconer, whatever you call it. He trains birds. We're hiking to a lake where he's letting hawks go, trained and like get after squirrels. And then he's taking us at dusk to go shoot trained owls in the woods. I'm like, bro. Come on. So it's like people that just have that go get it attitude and have cool styles, I think, are awesome. There's a lot of local talent in Buffalo. I actually, um, Adam and I are putting together uh, a Buffalo photographer meetup at the end of February. So I've been reaching out to a lot of local photographers and I want it to be the first of many, but it's kind of our next step in creating a local community and leveraging those connections and bouncing ideas off one another and maybe, you know, collaborating on projects. If you're listening to this episode and you're in Buffalo, make sure to hit up my boy at Brett Blakely to uh, find out when the, are you going to post it on your Instagram? How are you guys going to get the word out? Um, So I've been doing it like through Instagram messaging, just through a lot of the local photographers. I might do something. um, I might keep it like that for the first one, uh, but people can certainly direct message me and I'll be happy to add them to it. I think once we see how that goes and what we can, you know, incorporate after that, I'll, uh, I'll start doing some actual advertising for it. But what's cool too, is I, one of my buddies in the beer industry actually teaches a course on it. And, uh, so I'm doing like a, a beer tasting. He's doing like a educational beer tasting for an hour in the three hour meetup. But so outside <laughs> that, I'll just be kicking it, getting some food, some drinks, but also having like. Uh, an actual Cicerone, a beer Cicerone. His name's Eric Coleman. He's cool as hell. And he's going to be doing a beer tasting for us. Dude, I'm excited for that. I think you're going to, A, I think it's going to be super gratifying for you to to host a meetup. It's a very fulfilling and fun thing. I think it's going to allow you to build and forge some awesome, awesome new relationships. I was just talking uh, with the buddy earlier, Jane Silva on Instagram, Jose Silva, and he posts a lot of photo walks in New York city and he actually attributed his photo walks to his growth on Instagram. He's like, I think the reason I even got so big on Instagram was because I was doing these photo walks and bringing community together and, and people would tag me in things and, uh, and whatnot. And so there's so many great benefits, uh, that come from doing photo walks, but mainly right, so building like community, with- building community. And like you, you put yourself at the epicenter of, you know, your city by just being the guy that just brings people together. It's a great thing to do. So by photo walks, are you talking like he almost does like, uh, like people can come and learn, like, you know I mean? They go, cause that's something that we've been trying, that we want to do. We have so many local areas and we're like, where we want this to go is to offer, you know, like, Hey, we're going to, uh, you could sign up and you can go out for a day with us and we'll show you how to shoot Astro on the Adirondacks and this and that. Because if is that what you're talking about? This this is even more chill than that. This is just like, yo, I'm gonna be out shooting at this bridge at five o'clock 
you know, shooting sunset. And if you guys want to get down, like I'll be out here. And then people oh, just I show love up. That. People just show I up. I love that. And then there's yeah, that's cool. 25 people and then you get to hang out. And sometimes there's two people and you get to build really great connection with two people, you know? And yeah, man, that's cool. With some new friends. And uh, so I'm stoked uh, that you guys are doing that. I think that's a, that's a beautiful, a beautiful thing. I wish that we could physically be in everywhere, but I yep. do have an idea of, of getting a lot more AOV local meets going on by working with some people in an ambassador way. It's just t difficult. Sometimes you just want to make sure people are good people. You don't want someone representing your brand and come to find out the guy's a jerk, you know, or he's no, hundred percent, you know, hundred <laughs> percent, man. Well, listen, I'm going to hard sell you right now. I'm your guy. Let's go. All right. I'm your Let's guy. Let's go. Go. Let's do this AOV Buffalo. Let's we got go, this, man. Let's I'm, go. <laughs> I'm all in on. I'm all in on AOV Buffalo, baby. Yeah. Um, Bills Mafia will get heavy in it, man. Come on. <laughs> uh, what do you do? Do you have any? You know, what's your? You know, being a entrepreneur and a creative, what is your daily routine like? Do you have any daily routines that you feel allow you to execute and succeed in life? Yeah, it's uh, for me, it's working out. I mean, I used to uh, be a personal trainer when I first moved to New York City for a few years prior to starting a company. I just walked up to the first gym that I found after I bought or not bought, but rented my apartment and asked for a, uh, you know, for a, um, information on membership. And it was an Equinox, Equinox, whatever in lower Manhattan. They're like, yeah, it's like 240 a month. I'm like, how about an application? And so I got my, you know, physical trainer license and, and, have always had that on the back burner. So I love, uh, working out. So for me, it's like, whether it's a five 30 AM or a six, six 30 AM class, it's pretty much every day. Uh, just gets the brain going, gets, uh, I, I wake up completely, you know, that's the way that I have my most productive days. So that's a big part of my routine. And then just making sure that I pay attention to, um, you know, any kind of personal time, even if it's a half hour to like, again, watch a YouTube video about something that I wanted to learn about with uh, something I'm passionate about. What kind of camera? Uh, I want to chat camera gear for a little minute. What type of camera setup are you rocking? I got the, I upgraded to Sony a7R3 after my Oregon trip. Nice. Um, I got a 16 millimeter F1.4. I got a 24 to uh, 70 F2.8. And I rent for my big trips, but I'm about to buy uh, a 100 to 400 millimeter and a 70 to 200 f2.8 nice the those big boy lenses are fun huh when you're out trying. yeah they're that fun until is... oh it's it's crazy there's so yeah crazy. there's a there's a shot that i took in yosemite that killed it and it was like of adam on a log with half dome behind it but it's you could tell like it was super compressed um, you could tell like the, he just looks so much closer to the mountain and, uh, it's really cool. That was, that was the first time I'd ever used, you know, that kind of, kind of zoom. Right. Um, so I definitely want to, want to get more familiar with those cause they are, they're, they're a lot of fun, but they're not so fun when, uh, you've been using it for like three hours and then the next day you can't even like grip your orange juice in the morning cause your forearm's so sore from holding that big thing up. <laughs> Yeah, I can't. Yeah, I've never been one of the dudes that wanted to hike around. I'm, I'm the guy that I'm just like, I'll hike the 20, 30 minutes to get closer. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you. That's a, that's a good strategy too. What's your, what's your go-to uh, out of you know all those lenses? What's your go-to lens and why? 
probably the 28 to 70. It's just the most flexible. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if I'm going to, if I'm going to, uh, hike somewhere where like, I know the destination, I might use a different lens, but there's probably gonna be a lot of stuff in between that I want to shoot. I want to have some flexibility with the focal length. Um, so that's, that's a great, you know, kind of travel lens or like a 24 to a hundred is a great one. Cause you get a little bit of wide, you get a little bit of in tight, you get a little bit of in between, you get some nice bokeh. If you want to do a little, you know, close up on something and make it more abstract, like you can, you can do a lot with that. So I guess if I had one, that's probably the one I would take. Nice. What about, uh, you ever print your work? Yeah. So I've been probably over the last couple months. Well, really, actually after Ison, but a lot, a lot more so after the last couple of months, I've been getting a lot of questions about prints and offline. I want to pick your brain because like figuring out pricing yeah. and all that stuff is super hard. Um, and like, I got an interior designer that the photo I just posted of the Highland cow. Um, she was like, I have to have this. Like, I want to, what do you charge for digital? She's like, my clients would love it because like the edit was, you know, really dark, moody blue tones around the edges, but the fur of the of the cattle was kind of orangish. Right. And she's like, that would be so good in living rooms and stuff like that. So that's something I want to get get more into. Um, I've sold digital prints and I've done it. I think I've always undersold myself because I don't really have anything official set up, and I don't fully understand that part. I've been putting so much focus on learning the craft that I haven't put focus on selling it. But like every one of my friends, people I know they're like, dude, you got to set it up because I'd buy it this, you know, so I got to do more of that. I got to get better at that. Right. Any Uh, advice is welcome. Hit me up, man, on IG. (laughs) Uh, It's funny. Adam, Adam had written me the other day uh, asking, you know, about sounds like he's got some people that want to purchase some of his prints and resell them in a shop. And so he's trying to figure out, you know, how much to sell them for. And I'm like, you know, I think there's lots of, the beautiful thing about it is you understand because you're a business owner, you can always get creative. I mean, technically you can do whatever the hell you want to do. So yeah. what, what, yeah. type, <laughs> what yeah. type of deal do you want to work? And it's like, can you communicate the deal? It's all about persuasion and, 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 and just setting up a deal where both parties can win. Right. And so there's always all types of creative ways uh, to, to think about things. It's not as simple as maybe just selling them a print for X. Cause maybe you sell them a print for X, but you also take royalties because they're going to be selling a bunch of copies of your photos. You don't know if they're going to sell five copies or 500,000. Yep. <laughs> and if, 100%, you sold, if you sold a photo for 300, 500, 800 bucks and they sell, you know, a thousand copies of that photo, they're going to make tons of cash compared to what you yep. sold it for. And so that's not really a fair exchange of value as far as the business world goes. That's a very one-sided deal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, 100% man. But there's, uh, there's lots of ways to, to go about the printing, but I think printing in general, I think it's just important to have the physical, uh, just to hold the physical in hand. You're admiring your own work printed is so different. Like, I don't know if you notice any differences when you hold an image versus oh. looking at it on Instagram, but it's, it's night and day, it's, you know, it's, uh, that's one of the most exciting things I've ever done. Like the first time I got a big print of something that I really liked, I was just like floored. I'm like, I can't believe how good this looks blown up. Like, this is so cool. Now, like my girlfriend, she's like, it's funny. She had a, uh, she's got a picture that we had bought to decorate of a Highland cattle. It's kind of like in black and white. And then I came back 
this past week and I showed her the one and she's like, well, what the hell am I going to do with that one then? Because this one is way better. (laughs) So it's cool to like that. She loves it, but it's nice to have, you know, your stuff in your own place or, you know, in the office or just to blow it up for yourself. Like it's so much fun looking at it and you're like, man, that, uh, you know, I'll pat myself in the back. That was pretty cool. It is. Have you ever thought about incorporating your company into your photography? Funny you say that. So we've been talking about, um, I think in South Africa, I'm going to try and take, you know, I've, I've done like just basic product shots for our company and stuff, but which isn't even my expertise, but I feel like I want to take the same approach to product shots that I do with landscape. And so I think in South Africa, I'm going to try and at least in a few opportunities, set like a total landscape shot that I would do and then incorporate the product in it and have the landscape be the hero because that it gets a lot of traction for me. So if I can do that for myself, you know, having, having that aesthetic, I think creates a little bit more power and, and selling ability for the product. Um, so it's funny cause we did, we just kind of had a meeting about that. And like my coworkers, Peter was like, dude, you need, we need to melt these worlds together and use your landscape skills to, you know, capture our, our products and everything. So yeah, soon you'll be seeing probably some posts, you know, in, in March or whatever, after I get back from South Africa of of some uh, attempts at that, we'll see how it does. It's cool because you can still rock the, you know, little person, big landscape. And it's just, dude, put a golf, you know, put a golf ball down and a guy with a, uh, you know, a sandwich or whatever. Yep. And it's like, boom, there you go. And then on the sliding images, you could show like a close up shot of the golf ball or whatever, you know, whatever it may be on a slideshow. Um, yep. But there's, there's so many ways I think to, and I think that's kind of a unique angle, you know, going about it and in, in that, uh, that manner. But I just figured since you own a company and you're doing lots of photography, if you, if you could just figure a way to, plop those two together man no i'm, I'm with you man 100 percent. uh music you were telling me that you freestyle i do and at no adam first told me that you freestyled and then you backed it up that you freestyle would you be open to freestyling you'd be the first guest ever in the history to freestyle on the aov podcast would you be open to that i i'd be open to it I, i'll tell you what i'm gonna do though i'm actually this might be a cop out. Maybe, maybe the actual freestyle freestyle will be, you know, when we do something in person, we'll have to get video involved or something. We got to get some hype men out here, Okay. but I will, I think Adam told you the story of when I went to Rwanda and don't get me wrong. I was well lubricated, uh, from, from some beers, but we went to a bar and there was, uh, about 200 locals and me and you know, my girlfriend and her, brother and sister and as we left the there was a hype man on stage because it was just like not a karaoke but it's just like people would go up and dance do whatever and he asked where we're going and and we told him and then he asked what we all did and i told my own a golf company and then <clears throat> my brother or <clears throat> uh susie's sister's husband said grabs the mic and goes and he's a rapper the guy goes oh you a rapper then you get on stage and you rap now <laughs> I'm like, all right, (laughs) screw it. I'm like, give me a beat. So it's a, it's a kind of a, an older verse. It's a, it's a verse I spit on there, but I, I can do it if you want me to. Let's go. I'm all about it.
Uh, we're going acapella, so I check it. This is metaphorical mastery, a verbal academy, giving euphorical tracks for free. You should know my mind don't rest from fear. I hope you don't mind. The best is here. Got that onion wrap that makes you shed a tear. Any hot freaking beat, you should let me near. Black and white come together like a ref's in here. Transparent rhymes so you get it extra clear. Take notes and get a pencil. My rhymes are existential. My line's about below. My flow is existential. 90% is confidence. My lyrical dominance is prominent. The only thing I drop is hits. Hey, let's <laughs> go. <laughs> <laughs> I might, dude. I might have to. We might have to have the. Uh, we might have to have, drop a beat behind that. I love that was. <laughs> well, it was. It was funny because when I knew I was gonna be on, I was like, he might ask me. I'd started to to write something that had to do with you, and it was like, you know, he's the king of the gram, but they call him a prince. So nice with the pics, they want a wall of his prints. I put on tunes when I'm photographing heat. My hand controls the instrument. You could say I snap to the beats. When I found this passion, it was literal bliss. If you photograph me rapping, you still couldn't picture this. Prince knows it's a passion and heart that's critical. Shit, what you think landed me on the art of visuals? Let's go! <laughs> <laughs> Had to do uh, it to him. I love it, bro. AOV Records, bro. They don't even know what's coming, baby. Yeah, man. <laughs> they, they thought this was just photography and filmmaking, man. They have no, no not, idea. It's all sorts of art. Let's go. Bro, I love it. I appreciate you sharing that. That just that both of those both of those just lit me up inside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it's funny, man. I'm 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 ear to ear grin. My my, my jaws actually are aching a tad bit right now. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> um, so we're kind of coming to the the tail end here. I got a few more questions uh, that I wanted to ask you if. What do you wish you knew now when you first got into photography that you would like to share with some up and coming photographers? Uh, definitely just how to just like the, the inner workings of the camera, like actually how to not shoot on auto. I had no idea. I, I was just like, why would anybody not shoot on auto when it's supposed to like, you know, algorithm or whatever, take the best of everything. And mm -hmm. I had no idea how limited you are uh, with your photos and how much can go wrong when you use an auto setting. Um, so I, I would say the best thing that I did was definitely learning all that those three months, you know, leading up to my first actual photo trip to Yosemite. Um, for one, there was so much more for me to practice. And I think why that's part of like the reason I feel like I've, I've grown, uh, as a photographer a lot quicker because I put time in to actually learn how to use my instrument, you know, and in, in our case, a photographer's case, it's your camera. Right. And it's the lenses that you use and it's the different techniques and you you realize that there's a whole world of artistic freedom and a stamp of your own that you can put on. You can tattoo any image with your mark, with your signature by understanding uh, the endless opportunities you have if you if you know what you're doing. So I would say just like learn everything you can. It, it, you might know what ISO is, but do you really know how it affects an image? Do you really know where the you know the point of diminishing return is? Like figure all that out because you'll be way better off. Dude, I love it. That was such good advice. Before we wrap this thing up, we end it with uh, our guests being you leaving the community with some <laughs> words of inspiration. So whenever you're ready, feel free to, to drop some knowledge. Yeah, man. Uh, I think going back to what I said earlier is just that 
you know, don't let like, I don't know, I don't want to tell people to be financially irresponsible or whatever. But I think if you've ever had an itch to go out and explore, don't think twice about it. Do it because every single time it will be worth it. Even if you go someplace you were expecting sunny and 80 for seven days and you got rainy and 50, I guarantee you the, the radiant 50 days, whatever you experience are going to be worth it. So, um, you know, for me, it's just like take advantage of every single moment you have and look at the, the silver lining that can be had from every single experience and, uh, just don't waste a minute of it, you know, uh, fuel, fuel the, uh, the library that you have to read from, um, when you're kind of trying to create that that wealth of knowledge and uh you know the more books you have from the more authors obviously that's a metaphor uh the better you're off the better you're at so my boy brett blakely ladies and gentlemen uh be sure to go check out brett on instagram that's b-r-e-t-b-l-a-k-e-l-y on instagram give him a follow hit him with some questions Uh, We appreciate you guys for listening to another episode of the AOV podcast. Be sure to subscribe to share this with your friends, your family, share it on Instagram stories, Uh, and be sure to holler at your boy, Wonder Boy Prince, and let me know who else you guys would love to see on the podcast, uh, as well as any questions or anything you guys might have. Until next time, fam, we will see you.